okay, there's no more excuses to drink tap water. You need to get a multi-step filtration system in your home, especially if you live in Utah. Utah is in the top 10 of the most toxic states to have toxins and chemicals in their water. Now, I know you're probably thinking, Becca, I can't afford a water filtration system. I get it. NIV Water has finance options. Me being a stay-at-home mom with two kids, trust me, I couldn't afford this either. But they make it affordable for you so you can have this in your home. Get the toxins and chemicals out of your water and feel the difference. Taste the difference. You're going to thank me for this later, I promise. Call NIV Water today at 801-993-0080. Again, that's 801-993-0080. And if you mention my name, they'll give you half off a chemical remover. Call them today or visit their website at enaviv.com. That's E-N-E-V-I-V-E.com. Chemical free is the way to be. Nice job, Blair. Sorry. Just kidding. <laughs> Everybody, welcome back to the Becca Hayes Show. I am your host, Becca Hayes. And with me today is two very special guests. One is my bestie, Blair's in town. Hi. You all remember Blair. She's been on uh, multiple episodes. And also, I have Jesse Bostic back into in the house. Hello. So glad to have you. Good to be back. Yeah. So if you guys remember Jesse, she was on, I don't know exactly the number of the episode, but we talked about <laughs> dirty electricity. Oh, yeah, it was EMF. EMF. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. this is the same woman. So if you haven't heard that, you need to go and listen to that as well because Jesse is brilliant on protecting yourself from uh, EMF radi- radiation. Yeah. And you're also wearing a... Wait, what is this the ankle thing that you have on right now? <laughs> it's sort of like... So it's an Apollo. It's okay. a biohacking thing that sort of like helps induce certain states. So it helps train your HRV, your heart rate variability, which is a super important metric for longevity biohackers love it um and so it kind of trains your nervous system to calm the f down really so yeah. do you feel like the reason why you have it is do you feel like you're kind of out of sorts like your nervous system's kind of out of whack is that why i do all kinds of things for my nervous i think by the way nervous system regulation is like the number one superpower in the world wow okay <laughs> we should like do a whole wow, episode on that, that by the way okay oh, yeah i'm down yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm a sibling suicide survivor. I think we talked about this on the last episode. And so my nervous system's basically been jacked since I was 14, right? It just kind of didn't, you know, the scaffolding or the the infrastructure sort of didn't get um, completed properly. And Mm -hmm. so I do most things in life in order to regulate my nervous system. Breath work. So you are a breath work facilitator now, which is awesome. And I actually, I've been meaning to take one of your breath work classes, which I want to breathe you. I I know. I want you to breathe (laughs) me too. (laughs) The shit is magical. I'm telling you. Blair hasn't done breath work before. So I'm, no, this is something you would freaking love Blair and it's non-invasive. So you don't have to take anything. You just literally work with your breath. Yeah. Hmm. We are the medicine. We are the medicine. We are the medicine. So I think that's something you would really like. Mm -hmm. We should set up a thing where we can get 
yeah breathe by awesome. jesse <laughs> there's so yeah. many reasons to do it well you've you've heard doctors say that like 90 percent of illness is is stress right mm-hmm. yeah they're talking about your nervous system mm-hmm. like your nervous system mm-hmm. is your body it, it, it's how you do everything but yeah. it's your stress response and in order to regulate i mean all of our nervous systems are dysregulated in a world like this right uh-huh. information warfare all kinds of chaos like so uh yeah it's a it's a damn superpower. Yeah, we'll we'll have to get more into depth about that too. But um, I wanted I brought you on the show, Jesse, because you had sent me a video about the housing market, uh-huh. and the real estate, all that, and I was like kind of in shock. Like yeah. I kind of been hearing about it here and there. You know, it's first time home home buyers can't buy a home because mm-hmm. the interest rates are like through the roof. They're like, are, are we at five percent now? Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. That's- Which actually is not that bad because back in the 80s, interest rates were over 20%. Yeah, historically it's not. Yeah, historically, it's yeah. Bad, but, but it's starting to like climb very, very drastically. Well, and, yeah. and housing appreciation. So, yeah. and home prices. The, that's the real metric where mm-hmm. um, it's just skyrocketing and it's pushing it's re- people it's out of, yeah. Like a house that's worth 200000 is like 600000 700000 mm-hmm. which is fucking ridiculous. I yeah. mean, I've seen pictures yeah. of a dump <laughs> and it's million dollar yeah, yeah. like we're, we're yeah. california now yeah, yeah. It, uh-huh. it really is and it's just like it's not even in a nice real estate area no. like are you freaking kidding me yeah yeah well and i think like the number one thing to keep in mind about this is that real estate is the number one way that we transfer and accumulate wealth so uh, for uh, for nine out of ten people that are super loaded got that way through real estate right mm-hmm. and but that's also on this side of the gap where we're not millionaires, billionaires. That's how we build wealth. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a honestly, it's kind of warfare in that space. Well, and to many people, I think, and I can, you know, I can and say that this is me too. But I mean, I own my home. Like that's probably the biggest investment I'll ever do in my entire life is Most owning my home. Yeah. Home. And I, I'm loved, I love that I had that opportunity. Would I be able to buy a house like similar to this now in this market? No way in hell. Nope. And everybody's like, oh, you should sell it. You'd make like so much money off it. Where, where the go? fuck am I going to go? <laughs> where? You know what I mean? Jackson, Mississippi, maybe. But, Ew, you know, commune. <laughs> commune. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. But, uh, so it's not it, anywhere in Utah. No. Utah is like absolutely horrible. I think Idaho is the number one. Yeah. Hot spot, right? Yeah. Isn't it the worst housing Idaho's market? Pretty bad. Arizona's pretty bad. We're we're. I mean, we're up there. Yeah. Now, real quick, give us your title because you're also. Are you a real estate agent? Like wh- mortgage broker. So I own. Mor- yeah. Okay. I own mor- mortgage. I do all kinds <laughs> of random shit. I love your duality. You're like the definition of duality, and I can appreciate that because that's similar to me. Like, not only do I have this healing side, but then I'm in like media, and you know, I got so many different outlets, which I think is so healthy, and it keeps people going. Well, and I think you and I are similar in that we're, it, it's not that I'm motivated by building the biggest mortgage brokerage and making a bunch of money. I'm motivated on, you know, by improving the state of humanity. In fact, I'm probably a little too motivated by that. You're by. very motivated, which I, I love. I love so much because I'm like, I don't have that much motivation. <laughs> so I can appreciate when I have people that go like to the extreme. And I love that about you. So I yeah. think that's awesome. Like, You'll burn it all down for truth. You really will. And mm-hmm. it's all about humanity. It's not just just I. It's, oh, yeah. It's, it's we as a collective, which is phenomenal. Yeah. I want to build a world that people don't want to leave. That's wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. Wonderful. That yeah. is like, that's amazing. Um, 
So you have, I mean, how much experience do you have in this world, the the brokerage world? And- a lot. So I went to uh, college, business economics, studied business economics. I won. You can win. And they give you a trophy. What do you mean? Got like wow. a plaque. Like you get the highest GPA in your major and oh, they give you like, yeah. Amazing. That's pretty dope. Wow. Yeah. I was like, this is cool. <laughs> um, and so then, yeah, went straight into um, working for a wholesale lender opened their inside sales division, having no mortgage experience, never even had a mortgage in my life. Um, And they expected it to fail and I didn't, I kicked ass. And just kind of kept climbing from there. I ended up, I'm the immediate past president of the State Mortgage Association. I've I traveled to D.C. for five years lobbying on behalf of consumers. Oh my gosh, I love this. Yeah, but I got pissed off because we're not, like it's just, it's unbelievably corrupt. It is institutionally, acceptedly, unbelievably incredibly corrupt and that's just life there so i was like fuck this we're not gonna legislate our way out of a damn thing and open my company so i could run my mouth and what's your company called kismet lending oh i love it yeah i love it that's good yeah all right and you're gonna have to give your credential or not your credentials but your information for people to get a hold of you after the or towards the end of the show because i want people to be able to contact you but um Okay, so let's break it down, Jess. What the hell's going on in the real estate market and, and housing market? Okay, so we, this all kind of got started where we were seeing buyers get beat out by these cash offers consistently. And there's sort of this mind frame in Salt Lake that it's this California money coming in. This California buyers are coming in with their cash and buying houses. And we all kind of sort of thought that for a minute. And then um, I started digging into it because I had seen this in other markets when I was lobbying in D.C. and stuff. And it wasn't my market, so it didn't totally, you know, grab my attention. But I had heard of this happening where these corporations are coming in and buying these houses and pricing home buyers out. I mean, their their terms are ridiculous. So they one, mm. they use an algorithm that can pick up a property within 15 minutes of hitting the MLS oh, wow. and can have a cash offer over within two hours. So they're a physical person's not doing this. Is it like a, a robot kind of? It's like an what? algorithm that, so it's the same algorithm that BlackRock uses. Oh. This is Aladdin. So this is the algorithm that is, that is making your stock market trades. That is a robot. Market. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's an actual it, robot. It's AI. Mm-hmm. And so, hell, man. Well, and it's honestly, its hands are in everything. So we are extremely exposed with this technology right now. It is, I I can't, I think the quote's in the video, but basically we're dependent on it. Like it's crack for almost everything we do now. Well, and you say something just to add on to that, but like I'll be talking about a certain like product, let's say a toothbrush, a Sonicare toothbrush. All of a sudden, I open my phone, there's an ad for it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. watch what you yes, think definitely. about. Sometimes you'll be thinking about something and it'll show up. I swear. I don't know. I don't know Dude. how to get into that shit right now. But, but I have a feeling we're going to learn more about that the next five or ten years. Shit. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, tele- telepathic it was a thing back in the day. Yeah. And we got disconnected from it. So I could see that. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. And you read the gateway process documentation from the CIA from like 1983, the things they knew about consciousness in 1983. Like who knows where they're at now? Anyways. But so this algorithm, you know, it, it, it knows how to pick up the most attractive properties. So it has sort of a checklist and it can pick them up within 15 minutes of hitting the market and then it sends them over to the acquisitions team so uh, eventually a person does pick it up after the ai has picked it up then the person reviews the property and is like yeah we want to you know this is something we want in our portfolio they send over the cash offer and the seller effectively has an a cash offer an attractive cash offer usually before they've even had to show the property Mm -hmm. 
right? But like you can't expect a buyer to be able to see a property within two hours of hitting the market. Buyer's agents are like going crazy right now because every time something comes up, you know, they have to drop everything and show the property. Um, They have to hurry and beat it before uh it gets outbid and cashed offer, right? Yeah. And and you think of the terms of a cash offer. That means I don't have to I don't have to wait. I don't have to worry about an appraisal coming in low. I don't have to worry about the, you know, the borrower going through underwriting. I don't have to worry about any of those things. So it minimizes risk. it, It shortens time. It does, you know, it's extremely attractive from the seller side, right? Yeah. And there's fair lending laws in place so that they're not scrutinizing who the buyer is mm-hmm. because the, the idea is to protect against discrimination. But sure. really what it ends up doing is protecting these corporations that right. are buying properties. Right. And but so there's no limits on what they can do with this algorithm. I mean, it's perfectly legal and... There's yeah. no limitations. Wow. There's nobody monitoring this. There's nobody legislating this. I mean, you hear a little bit of noise in the political scene, but I mean, I challenge anybody. Like, do you really think we're going to legislate our way out of it? Like, do they do they stop anything else? Or why are wow. these why are these corporations just buying up all these properties to to weed us out? Like the I'm like I feel like I'm in the category of a poor person. <laughs> so the, to weed the poor to, out, like the, them, the middle are. the middle class, well, anybody you know? but the one percent. Yeah, because I mean, this is just. Well, I think that's the question, right? Yeah, so, what's their motive? I mean, one real estate's an inflation hedge, so it could just be good business. Like the stock market's trash right now because of geopolitical risk. The bond market's trash right now because of inflation. So both of your your, your major investment markets are not attractive as far as you know investment opportunities right now. So what does that leave? That leaves real estate, and so you know it could just be a hedge against inflation. It could just be smart, but also, I mean, I think we know better. You know, I think we all know there are agendas at play and, you know, this is institutional money coming after generational wealth. Mm. You know, this is how we build wealth and this is it could be a land grab. It could be it could be a number of things. And all of those things could also be ancillary, like unintended consequences of this inflation hedge. Right. If there's nowhere else attractive for Mm -hmm. these investors to put their money and they want to put it in real estate dope. But the unintended consequences could be totally fucking all of us over (laughs) so are they flipping houses no they're no so that's the thing they retain them they They just hold on to them they motherfuckers they keep them on their balance sheet these are they're not even flipping them and putting them back into the they're not even taking care of them and they're not even letting like (laughs) renters rent from them or anything like that they are i mean they are renting to people but if you look at their reviews and stuff it it's pretty clear that their agenda is not to be good landlords like they're fucking these people over left and right rents have increased by 20 percent year over year you know so they're jacking they own enough properties in a market to monopolize the rental market and Mm -hmm. so they can jack up the rental rates Mm -hmm. uh, you know and obviously we have a supply and demand issue for housing period so that Mm -hmm. impacts both buying properties and renting properties and so they can jack up the rent rates is this countrywide or is there places in the country that are affected more than others definitely places in the country so the algorithms pick up the most attractive markets where are the property is going to appreciate the most where is the demand high where is the rental market strong you know right, what is the, right. where's the local economy doing well and so that's what they'll do is seek out what what markets are most advantageous mm-hmm. for them i know that there's a couple companies that focus mainly on the sunbelt um, mostly here we see american homes for rent we see progress residential we uh 
I don't see I don't, I don't see a couple of the other ones, but then Progress Residential is owned by Predium Partners, which is owned by the dude that basically orchestrated the big short and screwed everybody oh, over wow. in no way. Yeah, I saw that Goldman movie. Sachs. That was uh, pretty incredible what happened. <laughs> yeah. Oh There's yeah. some shitty humans that are yeah. I don't there. I don't understand people like I'm trying to wrap my head around like I'm just gonna say the elite, like the the it's greed, really, power. The greed. Yeah, it's just greed. like, are you, do you have you have a fucking enough money? Like you have billions of dollars. Like what the fuck, man? Like blows my mind, especially coming from you know, because we're all three of us are pretty spiritual, you know. Especially yeah. you and I practice a lot, and see, coming from that standpoint, like it's not fucking worth it. Like <laughs> it, it blows yeah. my mind. Like, yeah, like it doesn't make you happy. It turns you into a megalomaniac, like mm-hmm. kind like, of paranoid asshole <laughs> like i, I want to know what their thought process is oh I, I have billions of dollars already and i need more like what do you need more for like are what are they thinking like extra boats i think or- it's control power as well. power, power. Yeah. control other people that's and what they're allowed to that's fucking sick buy and sell and sell. like trauma right like they're just in their narcissist archetype yeah. and like yeah. i get yeah, yeah i guess power i think power probably in in their position trumps the greed yeah, yeah. It's not finances. It's it's power. It's yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, just looking at what the world's gone through just the last two and a half years to three years. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's control and power. I mean, look at Hitler. You yeah. Know? I mean, or yeah. you know, Putin. Yeah. So well, power. for sure. And while we're all arguing over, you know, and divided over these lower order of magnitude issues we're sort of distracted from the class war, which impacts all of us at a much higher level. That's orders of magnitude more important. Not that the problems and the, you know, the division we face isn't real and it doesn't, you know, it feels very real, but the class wars are, are dominant, right? They're driving those lower order issues. If you want to, you know, if you want to control a population, turn them against themselves, mm-hmm. right? A divide and conquer. Yeah, that's where we are. Divide and conquer, mm-hmm. which is yeah. sad that people don't see this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so I, I have a theory on this too. Okay, let's hear. So uh, manipulating the narrative, right? So we narrative warfare is an emergent property of any kind of capitalistic growth-focused sort of structure, right? Like you're going, information is everything and so the control of information misinformation disinformation that warfare is going to take place and i think you know we, we we're under this mindset or under this spell thinking that times now are greater than ever we don't have the violence that we've experienced in the past and the hardship that we've experienced in the past when in reality it's just different it's just it used to be <laughs> transparent like yeah. it used to be very evident and very mm-hmm. visible and now it's almost you know it's this silent obscure warfare and you know we consume more information in 24 hours than a human a hundred years ago did their entire lives. Wow. A hundred years ago. That's a blip yeah. in time in history. Right. Yeah. And our brains, it, it takes, it takes a lot longer than that mm-hmm. for a human to evolve. And so we haven't evolved to consume the amount of information that we're consuming every day. None of us have. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're not taught any skills as far as critical thinking or discernment or anything like that. So it's, you know, it's just <laughs> warfare is still taking place. We just, it's not as evident and transparent as just it used a different to be. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah. So, so you saw that this, this is a huge problem. So how are you, first of all, two questions. 
how are you bringing this awareness? I mean, I know you're making videos and talking on your podcast because you do have a podcast. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't recorded on this. I suck at my podcast. <laughs> well, you know, we have it on here. So right. when you're ready, like, you know. I'm we'll guessing other people's podcasts. <laughs> I'll just send you the audio. <laughs> right. On your podcast. We'll tag you. Yeah, we'll, we'll tag you. Perfect. Blair's good at that now. She does. She's down to making three-minute stories. I can make three-minute stories. Yes. That's down from three hours. Right? Well, I mean, one story I mean, takes her three minutes to right, make. Right, right. <laughs> Which I'm pretty proud about. She's learning. I'm learning. That's amazing. That's a skill. Brevity is is a valuable skill in today's world. Definitely. I'm catching up. So how are you bringing this awareness, first of all? And second of all, what can people do to change? Because, I mean, we we can. Yeah. No, for sure. So making the videos, making the little nerdy mini documentaries that are... They're the best. Very sophisticated. They they really are great. (laughs) No, every time I tell people about you, I'm like, she's so smart. (laughs) Like, I, I know my strengths Thank and I can you. see other people's strengths and I can appreciate those strengths. And like, I love your brain. I love they're all about quantum physics. I love like you just, when you do something, you go in it full heartedly and passionately, like more than a lot of people do. So I love that about you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I think there's some like neurodivergent properties probably, it, you know, in that. But <laughs> autodidacticism, I think, is going to save the world. And that is being a self-learner. Like, I think yeah. we have an agency crisis. I don't think that, you know, most people don't understand that they are not self-agents, right? They are they're acting for somebody else's agenda, mm-hmm. you know, because we offload so much of our sense making to experts or to information sources. And I, it's very uncomfortable for people to realize that our information ecology is, is poisoned. It is, it is mm-hmm. the battleground for information warfare and we cannot rely on our information ecology, nor can we rely on our experts. We, we really have, we like, can't trust them. No, we oh. have decades of compromised experts. Our institutions are compromised. Like, it, it's, you know, it's a problem. And autodidacticism, learning to discern information for yourself and research things for yourself, follow what you're interested in. Like, we're missing the intuitive piece. I was going to say, follow your intuition. Yes. yes. And th- there's connect with that more. And that's like, so, you know, you have people that channel information and download, you know, mine is research driven. Like, I intuitively yeah. research things. And I, in, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm also trained to do that by work, right? I'm a high level underwriter. And it's it's a valuable skill in discerning information. And so I just kind of follow what I'm interested in and put it out. But to answer your question about how we're getting it out, just the nerdy documentaries, we train real estate agents. So we we try to go into brokerages and say, because they're the feet on they're the boots on the ground, right? They're the ones that are that are advising the sellers and that are, you know, taking the buyers around. And they're unfortunately um, bound by NAR and the Code of Ethics. NAR is the largest lobby in D.C., by the way. They are larger. Really? Yes, yeah, since 1998. Larger than everything except for the cha- U.S. Chamber of Commerce. And the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is just a bunch of like rich dudes, like tobacco execs, lobbying for things that they don't want you to know that they're lobbying for. So U.S. Chamber of Commerce, super corrupt. But the next biggest lobby entity is NAR. And they are bound by the code of ethics where they can't say anything bad, like about the industry at all. Like the industry wants you to think every real estate agent is a saint and an angel. Mm-hmm. And um, that's not the case. Like most of them are dope, but there's definitely shitty ones. Um, so so I, have a, I have a question when, yeah. when you get a second. Um, oh, thanks. So getting in the information out to people and having them become aware is, is 
amazing. But what can we do with this information? Are you saying like um, lobbying for different laws and and taking? Fuck no, okay. no. So I'm, I'm not what, saying lobby for. I think do with lobbying this information to have some sort of change and yeah. The whole so I think what needs to happen is we need to educate sellers because here's my mm, take on this is that there's. NAR pushes fiduciary responsibility on listing agents. So when they go mm-hmm. to list a property for somebody like the, there's this mindset that the goal is to net them as much profit as possible with as little work as possible. Right. Mm-hmm. And my take on that. And when I talk to sellers and when I talk to homeowners, we treat our karma with reverence, right? right. Like uh, part of that fiduciary responsibility should be also letting me making sure I know energetically what my, how my decisions are going to impact the world. So yeah. if I if I choose to go with one of these corporate cash offers, uh, you know, what is the downstream effect of that? And I think educating them on saying, hey, you know, if you if you select for a family, you're giving a family an opportunity. You're giving, you know, uh, people the opportunity to build wealth, to contribute to the local community, to you know, to, to have a chance on this it's, side of the It's kind of like the thing, like buy local. Exactly. It's, it's ethically better. Support. Exactly. Yeah. Support yeah. people that are like-minded, that believe mm-hmm. in the same things you do, that share the same values. And I think a lot of sellers, if they thought about things that way, you know, are all sellers going to care? No. But are a good right. portion of sellers going to care energetically whether they're selling out their neighborhood and their community? These these corporations don't take care of the properties. They're shitty to the renters. They jack up rates and they don't sell the properties. And you're just putting appreciation. You're putting all that appreciation in right. the pocket of BlackRock mm-hmm. or you yeah. know Vanguard. To or me, that Street. money is not that mo- the most important thing when it comes to that. No, yeah, and like absolutely. I don't want money that right. way. I don't want. I don't want to sell out. I don't want that money. I don't want that energy attached. It's like right. eating a chicken that's been stacked on top of two other chickens and injected with a bunch of hormones Ew. and and antibiotics. Yeah. Right? Like you're eating that stress horn. Like I don't want that energy attached to something I do. So what I think needs to happen is this: we need to reframe. You know, get the most profit as possible because we're also inflating the value of homes. Mm -hmm. So I think people that think that this doesn't impact them and they think I'm just a one off if I make this decision, it's fine. The thing that you're okay causing harm to right now is going to be the thing that hurts the things you care about down the line. Like Mm -hmm. our kids. Like our kids. Exactly. So it's like, you know, they're they're more just the full range of perspective on this needs to be given. And if. That's why we're training real estate agents. That's why we're trying to bring this message into their offices and say, hey, you know, you guys are the front lines on this. You guys are the ones that are advising the sellers. They need this information before they make their decisions. And like, they, you know, for the most part, super receptive, like agents are grateful for this information. They're grateful to have the, this content to be able to share it in a way that sort of makes an impact. Um, but yeah, I think that's all we need to do is, is get the word out and say, Hey, there's more to selling your property than just getting top dollar. You could be hurting everything you care about down the line. Like economy, everything. Yeah. And if real estate's the only thing holding everything up right now, I'm telling you the bond market is trash. The stock market is trash. Everything is really, really, really vulnerable. I mean, what's the downstream of that? What does money matter if we crash at all? And like, could that be their end game? Yeah. 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 Like I'm, I have no certainty on anything in this world. I have no fucking clue what's going on, but I don't write anything off. I consider it all as a possibility and it's a mistake to not look at the potential consequences down the line. Right. So me being a, a homeowner, like I, I'm locked into my house. Like I have like a fixed arm, all that shit. Okay. And I don't, 
I'm not even thinking about buying for years and years. What, like, try to, try to t- tell me, like, I mean, I understand, like, you know, this is going to affect my generation down the, the road, but is it going to affect me right now because I don't, I don't have to buy or anything like the only way it affects you is if a bunch of your neighbors sell a lot to these corporations and they don't take care of their properties and they end up, oh, then you know, brings, my, come in. Oh, brings your value down. Okay. Or if this pro- or if this practice continues and they keep inflating property values to I mean, they're already inflated beyond what they're worth. People are paying over appraised value left and right. That's part of what's pricing first time homebuyers out because they can't cover appraisal gaps. Right. They can't. What A lender will only lend on the appraised value of the property, right? That's what they're going to use as their valuation marker. And then you have to come up with the rest out of pocket. You have to come up with the rest oh. out of pocket and take that risk on your own saying, Shit. okay, I'm going to pay more than the price. And we're seeing, uh, we're seeing that consistently For on real. a high that's percentage why these of corporations are coming in with cash offers mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter what the appraised, uh, you know, they don't exactly. Is. So then the seller doesn't have to worry about the yeah. house, not appraising and then negotiating beyond that. And and honestly, they're throwing stupid money at properties sometimes. They they're paying. Oh, I've seen it. I've yeah. been watching the market. I'm like, you, you've got to be kidding me. Six hundred thousand yeah. dollars for a thousand square uh, square foot townhome. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. They're uh, buying up whole neighborhoods, neighborhoods from builders, paying fifty percent over what actual buyers would pay. Fifty percent over oh. five zero. <gasps> wow. Entire rental and neighborhoods. That is, that is frightening to me because I don't currently own a home. Yeah. I would like to own a home, but there's no way that I'm going to get involved in this market right now. Yeah. Well, it, there, there's a lot of things to think about when it comes to that as well, because mm-hmm. if affordability keeps going in this direction, if they keep investing in this market, driving up values, mm-hmm. it's going to price you, you know, waiting is going to price you out further, but also when does it top out? So right. to, to answer your question, yeah, when gonna, does it impact you? Yeah. It impacts you if we keep pushing this and it becomes a bubble and like, but I'm not crying bubble right now, right? We have a choice, right? It's an offer. Everything's an offer from the universe, right? And we can choose to step in as we can choose to unite as humanity and say, we're sick of these corporations, you know, just putting profits over us. And and honestly, most of us care about the same shit, right? We care about stability, safety, joy, and that our kids have a better world than we do. And that's pretty much almost ubiquitous across humanity except for these elite megalomaniacs and i think just uniting on that and realizing that you know we're building something that isn't sustainable and that could threaten all of our value in the future and so having the conversation with our neighbors having the conversation with anybody you know that's looking to sell and just decide you know there's so many things we can be divided on we can unite on this this is actually something that we can take actionable sort of steps well, to prevent and it's hard like and i can see like as people the seller right selling your home and all of a sudden you come in you have this cash offer right 50 percent over like that looks good like oh my it's gosh very tempting. I, yeah. I don't even have to show it if i have kids and dogs and i yeah. gotta get out of my house every time somebody wants to see it i don't even have to show it yeah yeah but, but also and another thing to think about too is they're not they're not always that much higher than a, than another offer would be, right? Like there are definitely other buyers that can come in and meet those expectations or meet those, you know, that they can maybe even offer a little bit more. And I think reframing the, ha- you know, that underwriting is a hassle, waiting for underwriting is a hassle and appraisal is a hassle. Maybe, you know, sitting with it and you know, is it ethical to sell my house for $50,000 more than it's worth? 
like sure that's going to set me up a little bit but but energetically do I want that right. especially if I'm going to select for a corporation mm-hmm. and take that opportunity away from a family and question do you corporation so like let's say I'm selling my house and all of a sudden like you know this family of six comes in and puts an offer down all of a sudden this corporation hits and it's it's more than that offer do they keep going back and forth or is yeah. it usually they really do fuckers wow. oh yeah they'll yeah i mean that's a listing agent's job right and they'll let like you the know the corporation like, will just like drop it after like because it's you know kind of in the algorithms and yeah no i've i have they're in for the kill yeah wow. the, yeah Fuck. they'll keep they'll keep going and so i i don't really know i don't have as much experience on that side of it a listing agent would know i don't know you know how far they negotiate or if they come back and forth but i know that they yeah i mean if they want it they'll be they, is this they a have, worldwide issue or is this just concentrated in the United States? It, it is happening in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know that it's happening other places. I know that okay. I've, I've read about Australia and Europe, um, Western Europe. I don't know. Uh, I don't even know how lending works over there. If yeah. It's a lot different. But I know that it's not just here. I mean, these are global financial institutions. Yeah. These are institutions that have way more influence over your life than you think. Right. Wow. So, so me, do you have a question? Oh, I was just going to ask about interest rates. The, you know, federal banking system, they control the interest rates, correct? Yeah. So the Fed, which has nothing to do with the government, by the way, it's a private corporation. Mm -hmm. Um, The Fed sets the overnight rate. So they, they set the borrowing rate and that that's part of um the fed <laughs> so are they in cahoots with these corporations and, and yes. that's why they lower the of course they are interest yes. rates so they could buy them all up and now 30 it's well and it's, they also are just really fucking inefficient right right and when they have a hammer and so basically everything looks like a nail like their only tool in their toolbox for combating inflation is to raise interest rates right to raise mm-hmm. the borrowing right right and so that's what they do. And I mean, there's a there's a likelihood, there's definitely a high potential that that could push us into a recessionary state because mm-hmm. the economy just can't it can't handle that right now. Right, right. right. We've got the none of the markets are behaving organically right, right now. And that's 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 why I'm so against this. Like I get capitalism, whatever, whatever's mm-hmm. supposed to go on will go on. But like this isn't markets behaving like markets. This is institutional money coming mm-hmm. after generational wealth. This right. is when you have Wall Street coming in and competing against regular buyers that don't have they don't have that technology. They don't have that money. They don't they don't have those tools at mm-hmm. their leisure. And so it's just it it's not markets behaving like markets so it shouldn't be a fucking thing in my opinion but yeah yeah Yeah. shit so what advice do you have for people in my situation where don't currently own a home um looking to buy what do you have for advice for us so one inventory is improving right now we've seen it we've definitely seen an influx in inventory which is good because mm-hmm. i've seen that we were online struggling. So. yeah oh yeah. They, they wouldn't even make it to like uh trulia and yeah. uh the other apps they would just be on there for hours and then gone yeah damn it was crazy yeah so I still think buying's a thing. Like yeah. you know, real estate is an inflation hedge. So if you're looking for somewhere to invest your money, stock market's risky as shit, and mm-hmm. and bond market sucks. So real estate is a good place to invest your money right now. Interest rates are still historically low, and what I think is going to happen, or what I what I think is is a potential possibility, when the Fed keeps they've 
They've said they're going to increase interest rates because that's the only thing they can do to combat inflation. That's going to push us into a more recessionary state. We've got major supply issues coming. You know, we've when inflation is driven by supply and not demand, Mm -hmm. that's not a good thing. Right. right? Especially if there's not a quick fix. Right. And so I think we're we're going to continue to see this inflation as these supply you know shortages start you know, start mm-hmm. making their way to us. So I think that it's, it's still definitely a thing we should look mm-hmm. at, especially with this inventory coming back on the market. That's going to give, that's going to, you know, throw some leverage back mm-hmm. over to the buy side. We've been very disadvantaged for the last yeah. you know, year and mm-hmm. a half. Yeah. Um, in and, the meantime, with the interest rates going up, I'm, that's going to bring the market down. I'm just saving cash in the meantime, because I'm the more cash I have, I, I think that I'm going to be, you know, less affected by the higher interest rates, but I don't know. But it's, it's also scary time getting right hit now. by inflation. Yeah. So you're also yeah. it's also devaluing right. with right. with the rate of inflation. So, right. but if a property is going to appreciate, it's going to be a good place to put your money, and then just watch for it to top out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Watch for that. You know, if we do get into a bubble state, if this does continue, mm-hmm. then watch for that, and you know, know when to dump it and go buy some land and build a commune. So do you recommend <laughs> right? Do you, yes. So do you recommend holding off? for a while or do you think uh-uh. it's it's fine to, to get buy down right? well so i i will say this discernment like mm-hmm. that definitely this has to be everybody's individual decision if it were me i would still buy because i know that that asset is going to appreciate way more than devaluing mm-hmm. cash sure and i'm going to ride that while i can and then i'm just going to watch the market and, mm-hmm. and see what i think i should do with it intuitively from there i think it's extremely um, wise to invest in things that are less dependent on these centralized structures. Mm-hmm. So if you do, you know, have have land or have solar, or have 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 amenities that are less dependent, you know, grow a place to grow your own food, um, things Definitely. to make you less dependent on the system. Those are going to retain value even yes. when other properties don't. Absolutely. Well, I, I I do strongly believe that we are moving into a trade. economy like we're gonna have to start yeah we're gonna start doing that yeah neighbors can we please you grow the gar you grow the garden i'll do the eggs and chickens and like like that's how it used to be back in the day and i feel like we're moving in that direction because the dollar's gonna you know depreciate continue to depreciate and like with this all i mean what what goes up eventually comes down well we are debt leveraged like anybody who thinks these banking institutions are safe right now with the with the amount of debt that we are carrying we're a debt-based society it is uh yeah it it's it's more fragile than people realize and i think the traditional ways of doing things i mean we're watching our institutions in a state of decay right now right and this you know this idea that (laughs) uh that our institutions are out to protect us, that they're capable of protecting us, that they are, that they aren't corrupt, you know, that, uh-huh. that their sole agenda is the betterment of humanity. I think all of that is, you know, has sort of been exposed recently, you know, for anybody who didn't realize that in the first place. Um, yeah. So back then when we had skills and we were, you know, interdependent and we have relationships with each other and we contributed to the community and we actually, you know, we've also got a mental health crisis, right? Like we've got people. Oh, especially after the pandemic, you know, like Mm -hmm. fucking majorly. We have no skills. We don't know how to do shit. We're totally dependent on centralized systems and, you know, and we're fucking sad, right? If we were contributing to society, if we had skills, if we had autonomy, if we had a sense of agency, there's this super attractive theory that all, the anxiety epidemic and and a, and a lot of the mental health crisis is due to a declining sense of self agency. People don't feel like they can do anything about and a purpose, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Exactly. Yeah. Being driven towards something, contributing to something, being needed. And then also having the tools to take care of yourself and to, you know, survive life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Jess, what can I do? And I, you know, single mom, I, I am a homeowner already, but how can I help um, with this with this housing economy? Have the conversations. Just, just have the conversations. The, just have the conversations okay. and say, hey, you know, I, the collective illusions. I think we're. Um, we talked about this briefly for a second, but manufacturing narratives or manufacturing a majority consensus, right? Like we believe that, you know, we're fed a narrative that most people buy, you know, are watching the news, buying and into mainstream media, believing that our institutions are out to protect us. They don't think anything nefarious is going on with our government, et cetera. And like that couldn't be further from the truth. That is a manufactured consensus. That's a manufactured agenda in order to, you know, this is a primary warfare tactic, just like divide and conquer to keep people from talking. And I think the more, this is a way you can actually start the conversations about some of these things, you know, sort of the rabbit holes, but in a very contextual way that actually is relevant and impacts, you know, it impacts everybody. So it's a way to start having these conversations. And I think once you dip a toe into these conversations, you realize there's a lot more people that have these questions on their mind. There's a lot more people that, you know, that, that don't have certainty about the world and that are wondering, you know, we, you can feel there's agendas at play and those agendas are not the betterment of humanity. They're not our well-being. And so just starting to have these conversations and breaking into them, like, have you heard of BlackRock? Like, they're, you know, they're interested in our market. They're buying up properties. And the downstream of this is is we become a nation of renters, right? And it, and it's threatening our property values. It's threatening access to homeownership. It's threatening, you know, generational wealth. And I think it's a conversation that everybody can relate to, especially in Utah. Everybody has like a, a million kids, right? Yep. Those million kids are going to be trying to buy houses at some point. Do you want them to be able to buy houses? <laughs> Except for the people that want them to live in their basement. They're like, I don't want you ever to leave me. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you got your wish. also a way to get that, right? <laughs> I don't understand those I don't people. either. No. I'm like, no, you're I free. Yeah. I don't want them to be d- dependent on me. Learn I want to them do to things. learn right. to do their shit. And I think that, I mean, it's kind of like what we have with the government right now. It's like mm-hmm. we become dependent on them and it's just like, we never fucking grow because we're like, Oh, they'll take care of me. And you know, the mentality thing goes away. It's just ridiculous. But, and then we're miserable. Yeah. Like, and then we're miserable. The depressed of that anxiety is, yes. and suicidal. Yes. Yeah. It's sad. Um, yeah. I want you to touch base real quick. Just, just because you've mentioned BlackRock a few times, people that are listening that don't understand or even know of BlackRock, can you just give a, a brief explanation of it and, and why we should be wary of it? Or at least, you know, kind of talk about it. Yeah. So research Larry Fink. Um, <laughs> but BlackRock effectively controls trillions, trillions of dollars of investment uh, avenues. They are this. So they are the the brainchild of Aladdin. Um, as the intelligent robot. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember what it stands for, but it's AI that seeks out the best investment opportunities. And, you know, the stock market isn't even traded largely by human beings anymore. They wouldn't, our brains aren't efficient enough to compete with this AI. So this AI is driving our stock market. They are invested in every single, every single industry, corporation, everything. They have their, once you follow, so uh, let's talk about this. Okay. Underwriting. 
All right. The current state of the world. So many people are doubling down on certainty on, uh, you know, because we're in a certainty crisis and human beings, we crave certainty because it makes us feel safe. Right. So people are doubling down on all of these things and then arguing with each other about them when we don't have a fucking clue what's actually going on. We don't actually know. Underwriting. We know the recipe for fraud. We know. So if we could view everything as risk, right? View our institutions as risk, view our government as risk, view um, industries as risk, corporations as risk. And if we actually underwrote them, we we could get to the bottom of this. If we just put this whole thing in the hands of underwriters and we're like, hey, should we approve of all this shit that's going on? Like, what what is the truth? And have them underwrite it. I mean, the, when you go to get a mortgage loan, we don't fucking trust you. We don't trust you. We underwrite the fuck out of you because we consider you a risk with our money, right? So in order to protect our own interests, we underwrite your risk level, right? Before we get involved with yeah. you. And if the people could adopt that mentality and say, look, we can't just trust these entities. And, and in order to protect our own interests, we're going to underwrite our exposure by reliance on you or by whatever, right? And if we did that, we would find, we know the recipe for risk. I mean, interested parties, skin in the game, you know, uh, basically let's take pharma, for example. So when when we're underwriting you for a mortgage loan, what do we look at? We look at your credibility, your creditworthiness, right? What is your past behavior? How have you, you know, have you paid your bills? Have you been honest? And like, if we underwrote fucking pharma, like they have a (laughs) unbelievably riddled history of cdc i mean we could we have a list right. fda well yeah. so then you have independent validations there you have to have independent validations third-party verifications uninterested disinterested third parties validating what you say your safety and efficacy things like that right there's nobody doing that because the same institutions the same you know govern that are governing these entities are funded by these entities and there's a revolving door of interested party risk or conflicts of interest where these people are you know going back and forth and it's all driven by money and DC. go to fucking dc just go to fucking dc make some appointments with your legislators and go go into their offices and and pick an issue go talk to them about an issue they will literally tell you it is all about fucking money who who's your opposition do they have more money than you yes this is good for the people but you're fucked because your your opposition has way more money than you there's no way and it's it's just the way well, it works if we the people actually stand up to this and say enough is enough that's when we stop it we're funding it yeah, we're we're supporting it. Did you know that the DOD lost so there's an estimate that between 2017 and 2019 that they lost like 20 trillion dollars? Wow. There's 20 trillion dollars that is unaccounted for. They just lost it. Yeah. Ow. Do you know what our world GDP is? <laughs> It's and the DOD has allocated 54 cents. I think it's 54 cents of every dollar of our tax dollars. So we are literally funding a government that loses more than half of the money we give them. And then when you when you underwrite the things they actually do with our money. So when you look at like I actually did a little underwriting piece on this and looking at the the pandemic and looking Uh at you know the the gain of function research that we funded. If you follow all that, like this was our mistake. You know, we 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 have culpability, accountability and funding that, you know, the the most likely scenario 
that so far that we've come across and it's obviously not being portrayed on mainstream media but you can find the information this is not hard to look up at all you investigate it and you're just like holy fuck like we funded this whole damn pandemic and then you know all of the people that monopolized and and capitalized on it we it was the biggest wealth transfer that we've seen in a Mm -hmm. long time right these billionaires doubled their their Mm -hmm. wealth and we all got totally fucked and and are fighting with each other over stupid shit when it's like mm-hmm. what is happening yep. and we're funding all of this yeah then at some point like when are we accountable right yeah like that's what i'm saying like this is why awareness is so important like bringing awareness and talking about it just like you said talking about because i have a neighbor that's in real estate and i'm i'm going to share this episode with her so that gets the ball rolling i'm doing my little part you know, yes. and talking, just yes. talk about it, mm-hmm. putting energy into it, putting, yes. you know, just even uh, care, care. When you care about something, if you're into co-creation and if you're not, you should probably, I, I definitely highly recommend <laughs> Look looking into, into that. it. But when you care about something, that's actually, you know, what impacts our reality, right? That's what co-creates our reality. And so, you know, the love and light people that are like, no, I can't give any energy into this because I don't want it to come to fruition. That's actually manifesting ignorance because yeah. you're putting out mm-hmm. ignorance. Or you're oh, putting out that, yeah. right? This is actually from a Freemason thing that I watched. It's I like the eighth that. hidden principle. Yeah. So it's like, you know, shining light, you know, shedding light on it, just giving it some awareness, sharing it with people is actually helping on a really large scale, especially if you're a fairly self-actualized person where you have more influence on the co-creation of reality, mm-hmm. right? Where you're kind of walking in in your truth. The more self-awareness you have and the more collective awareness you have, mm-hmm. the more power of influence you have when it comes to creation. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really good analogy. I fucking mm-hmm. love that. Thanks. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. what were you gonna say? Definitely share it with the yeah, share it, and it, real estate. Then they're not all super aware of this, right? They're kind of down, um, depending on how much volume they do. It's a ninety ten business, right? Ten percent do ninety percent of the volume, but. Mm-hmm. And depending on how many transactions they've been involved with, I mean, chances are they probably run into this. It's difficult to look up these corporations and how many properties they own because they put them under a million different sure. LLCs. They're all registered in Delaware where like mm-hmm. an alien could register an LLC and <laughs> like and they don't have to provide any kind of documentation or, you know, to all kinds of sure. tax like benefits. Um, but so they're you can't just look up like American Homes for Rent and see how many properties they own. They're under like 54 million LLCs. I go over that in the video. Um, and you're welcome to share that too. Yeah, share. Well, real quick, what's the video and like how do they get a hold of us <laughs> of this video? Because it's really good. <laughs> it's on like my personal YouTube because <laughs> it was too much of a pain in the ass to create one for the company. So it's just under J E S S I Bostic. It. I think you can search my YouTube like that. I have no idea. I'll send it to you and okay. you can figure you it share out. It. Yeah, I have like 18 subscribers and like four views, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's hard to put this shit out. Like people don't want to see this shit right now, right? They're like, oh, more shit in the world. But right. like turning a blind eye to it is just manifesting more ignorance. And really, this is an opportunity. It's an opportunity for all of us to align on something and to actually exercise agency to actually mm-hmm. do something about it and to stand together. Mm-hmm. Well, and just like what we talked about a little earlier, it's just like when you stand with your community, stand for the right thing. Mm-hmm. Like it gives you that purpose. It helps relieve a lot of stressors that we carry and it unites us. The Mm -hmm. reason the division works, so this is interesting, the neurochemistry of belonging, 
the reason the division works is because when we experience the things we've experienced in the last two years, so pandemics, stock market going to shit, you know, we're all scared and whatever, we experience a depletion of dopamine and serotonin. And those neurochemicals balance our mood, motivate us to do things, keep us happy. And when we experience a depletion in those neurochemicals, we seek to replace them. One of the best ways to replace them is tribalizing. And so finding groups that think oh, like us. Yeah, so we, we actually, so when, when you go, if, when the MAGA people go to a MAGA rally, a Trump rally, or when, you know, the abortion people get all, you know, with their signs mm-hmm. saying abortion is yeah. fine. Like what I'm not advocating any one issue, but those actions actually we experience a surge in dopamine and serotonin. Mm-hmm. The problem is we also experience a surge in oxytocin. And oxytocin is known as the bonding chemical. It bonds mothers to mothers and like lovers to lovers, people to their pets. But it also causes us to further other the other. So so wow. we basically get a surge in oxytocin for talking shit mm-hmm. to the people that think differently right. than us. So yeah. if we look at the, you know, the the Trumpers and the never Trumpers, they when you see these people that are sort of keyboard warrioring are getting all hyped up. They're, yeah. they're just seeking oxytocin. They're seeking, you know, neurochemistry that, that makes now. them happy again. Yeah. 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 And so it's like we can, you know, tribalize them is destiny. We are going to do it. It's how we survived. Understanding our brains, but we can find better tribes, right? Like, so instead of grabbing onto one side of an issue that we actually don't even know what's going on, <laughs> we can, we can join humanity and yes. stand for humanity. I have this theory that like, if we could find fucking six things we agree on, like take the portion of the population that is like, I just want clean food. I want an intact information ecology so that I can rely on the information that I receive. I want, you know, I, I, transparent corporations. I want accountable leadership. I want to live in harmony with the with the planet and one another. Like, let's find the fucking six. That they, and I want honest healthcare professionals. Let's find the fucking six things that we care about and be like, yo, America, we need to talk. And like, it doesn't need to be a civil fucking war. I don't know why we go straight to war. Let's have a healthy conflict. Right? Let's just have a discussion. And the reason, a lot lot of reasons why we aren't having these healthy conflicts is because, you know, big pharma and the elites, all those, you know, high corporations and high people that we have probably never even seen. It's not, they're not known, but they're up there. Okay. They buy into these wars and they fund one war and then they fund the other. And so, it's, it's this constant, like they got their hands in there, but I, I believe honestly that it is going to shift. And our, I mean, we're already seeing a slight shift in the spirit. It's a spiritual war and you know, it's happening and enough is enough. And I think the people are going to unite and stand up against it. They've hijacked the mic. That is the only yeah. problem. They've hijacked the mic. And so yeah. the only information we hear, you know, when we're fed this this majority perspective that isn't true. There are more of us. We just don't have the fucking microphone exactly. because we don't have the fucking money. Right. So the more of a, you know, truth has a fucking vibration, right? And I don't even care. I don't even care if you don't walk in your truth. You can feel the vibration yeah. of truth. And the only way that is threatening to you is if you are a megalomaniac asshole. For everybody else, it's something that's attractive to them. We, right. as, as sentient beings, we have a primal drive to seek out truth because mm-hmm. truth is certainty and it's safety. It gives us a, a reliable space to understand what's going on so we can act from that space, you know, most efficiently. Yeah. And so I think that it is going to resonate out there. We just need, we need to fucking realize that yeah. we're the majority. We need to do we our need part. To hijack the mic. We need to do our part. Yeah. Fucking talk yeah. about it. That's all. Yeah. That's yes. all we're asking is just to fucking talk about it. Bring it up. Yeah. Dinner conversation. Yes. It reminds me of the, the movie, The Ring, you know, where yes. if you, you've watched the movie and you didn't make a tape, 
you died. Yeah. You know, you were just killed yeah. off. Yeah. And then they, you know, the, the ones that survived made the tape because they wanted to get the word out. And yeah. So I'm just seeing that. Yeah. that Make movie the tape. Talk about this. Fucker, exactly. you will die. Make the fucking tape. Make the tape or die. One on that. No, no. Um, do you have anything else uh, before we go just to, you know, bring awareness or talk about or are you good? Yes. So... And I'm going to steal this from Daniel Schmachtenberger. I steal a lot of his stuff. Oh, I watched that. Yeah. yeah. That's in your video. You you let him talk in that for a little bit. What is the right basis for certainty and trust? I think that is something that people really need to sit with and, and explore because false certainty isn't going to get you anywhere. It's going to end up hurting the things you care about down the line. Right. Mm-hmm. So what is the right basis for certainty and trust and, and, we're all afraid to have these conversations with one another sometimes. Every time I approach a conversation like this with anybody, it doesn't matter who it is. It could be like a super religious person. It could be a super like, I don't know, political person, which I'm neither one of those things. Yeah. They listen. They listen. They have the conversation. So it's it's all in the approach. And, and don't be scared to have the conversations. If one out of 10 people is going to give you shit, cool. But the the majority consensus is manufactured. We are led to believe that most people aren't capable of this conversation and that they're in the mainstream camp. And that is an illusion. Yeah. You know, collective illusions are running the world right now. So be the, be the disruptor, have the conversation. Yes. Right. Be the disruptor. And you'll be pleasantly surprised how many people are like, yeah, something feels fucking Mm -hmm. off about that. I know. I don't know what it is, but we should probably (laughs) underwrite it and figure the fuck out. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. All right. Well, Jess, thank you so much for coming on the show. And again, if people need to get a hold of you, do you, um, like, what's all your sources? Insta is Jess is doing it. So just J-E-S-S-I-S doing it. Um, Jesse Bostick on Facebook, Kismet Lending, kismetlending.com. And I have a breathe page on there if you're interested in breath work yes I encourage everybody to try yeah, all of these very, things that we're talking about nervous system regulation yeah so when you regulate breath your work. nervous system you regulate your neurochemistry so that you can respond from a place of you know rationality and oh, heart. i need that you i was gonna i was seriously just about <laughs> right, to say where do that. i sign up okay yeah. absolutely need that <laughs> no seriously after the show you guys need to talk because yeah i think that would help blair Definitely. a lot i mean it would help anybody but especially right. blair going through some right stuff right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, and our brains are, you know, our thinking brains can't regulate our limbic systems and our limbic systems where our emotions live and our, our memories and our traumas and things like that. So regulating that is honestly a superpower. All the stupid shit people are doing in the world is because their nervous systems are activated. They're activated by fear. They're activated by, mm-hmm. you know, just anger, whatever, you know, whatever we're being fed by the content we're consuming um, is activating our nervous systems. And so regulating those and being able to sort of just, respond from a space of total agency having total control over over your consciousness and respond consciously takes nervous system regulation there's a reason your chakras align your your nervous system 